Hi, I'm Steph DeBidi-Pinner. Welcome to my show where we discuss all things building and growing a sustainable and profitable beauty business, whether you're in bridal, lashes, or aesthetics. In 2021, I decided to finally leave my job to pursue my bridal beauty business full-time, and I'm excited to not only share my story of how I went from 2 to 3K per month to 10K plus, but also have various industry professionals sharing their stories and top tips. Let's get to it. Hey, hello. Welcome back to Steph the Beautypreneur Show. So I have a guest here with me today, but first I just want to introduce myself. So I'm Steph. Um, I help beauty business owners build sustainable and profitable businesses through proven strategies and systems. And today I have a special guest with me. Her name is Jenny from Mink Makeup and Hair. So I'm going to let her introduce herself to you guys. So Jenny, tell us who you are, who you serve, and how you help them. Hi, everyone. Uh, again, I'm Jenny Valla. I um, I have been a makeup artist uh, and hairstylist ever since 2010, February 2010, when I graduated. Uh, and I... Um, I, I do bridal and special events. I, I didn't always do that. Well, kind of, but not at the caliber that I am now. Uh, and I basically set up uh, brides with their ideal artist and create a team for uh, the, the lead artist. And we go out and do these bookings. So wedding industry is where it's at. That's where I'm at these days. And uh, yeah, that's basically it. I'm also uh, an instructor at John Casablancas. I've uh, been doing that since 2014. I teach both hair and makeup and special effects because I did train for that. Um, but yeah, that's currently where I am. And also a mother of two, two little boys that are very active. One's 10 <laughs> or one's almost 10, almost 10. And the other one is, uh, is seven. I'm starting to forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Being a mom is an important part of who you are. <laughs> oh yeah. It's definitely changed the way I do everything. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. So when and why did you decide to start building a team? Well, interestingly enough, that's not what my plans were. <laughs> um, when I went to makeup school, John Casablancas, uh, I, I researched schools and I just, just felt really good about this one. And I wanted to be in the film industry. I wanted to be a personal or private makeup artist to celebrities. And I saw the, the movie industry as my in to that. Uh, and I was very, very uh, curious about the film industry. I also was really set on having Brad Pitt sit in my makeup chair. So I really was, I had some goals. And I love your goals. <laughs> and I'll tell you, bridal was not one of them. I never even really considered it. Um, I had no real interest. So when I was going through the makeup program, I, I knew that I would have to learn everything. And I was told by the administration staff that it's a good idea to learn everything because you never know, you might change your mind, maybe you'll get out of film and you know, where else are you going to go? And, and, and yeah, that, that was really great advice. I decided to take the full program. Actually, I think at the time John Casablancas did not offer a, um, uh, just a beauty program at the time. I think it was just the one. And so, uh, yeah, so I went in and uh, signed the papers and put my deposit in and was ready to get into the film industry. 
Uh, and so as I was going through all the different stages of the courses, I uh, started really liking certain things. I started really liking fashion. I liked doing editorial. Uh, and then we had a very small section on bridal. But at the time, bridal wasn't what it is today. You know, there wasn't any companies doing what we do today. Uh, so I really didn't know much about bridal and I still didn't have much of an interest. I had friends that were asking me, oh, I have a wedding coming up. Would you be interested? I'm like, sure. And I looked at it as practice and I'd make some money out of it. So uh, I was doing that about three, four months into the program. I was just getting into the airbrushing module at this point. Uh, and I was starting to do a lot more of um, fashion and editorial, still not having my mind on that, on that bridal uh, aspect of the industry. And so uh, once I got to the, the end where I was doing special effects, like prosthetic making application, I was really excited about that. I'm like, this is where I'm going to go. I was also realizing that I had no money because I quit my job. <laughs> I quit. I was working at the shoe company in Coquitlam and I hated it. I hated it so bad. It actually is what drove me to go look into schools. Um, uh, but it was customer service <laughs> that I learned a lot from. So I learned a lot of customer service there. Anyways. Um, so I was looking at Craigslist. I'm like, I need to find a job. Getting into the film industry is really difficult to, to find paid work. That is, you're doing a lot of volunteering, which I was still doing, but I needed to make money. So there was a job post for Mink Makeup and Hair. It wasn't called Mink Makeup and Hair. It was just, we're looking for bridal artists to join our team. Uh, please apply. So I did. Only sent in my images of school. I didn't really have anything else. I had one wedding that I had done. And this was, you know, after 10 months of schooling. I had a lot of fashion and, and, and special effects in my images and my portfolio. So I went into an interview with Melanie Tremblay, who founded Mink Makeup and Hair. And I went to her house and I basically just went through the interview process like I've always done. And before that, I had been man in management before. So I knew what was going on with the interview process. So I aced it, <laughs> to say the least. And she hired me on the spot. And uh, later she did tell me when she sold me the company that, you know, I just have a feeling, I had a feeling about you during that interview. I knew there was going to be something great coming out of you. And at the time I was just looking for money. I was like, I was a starving artist. My husband was like, when are you going to start making money? I quit my job because I wanted to put all my focus into this passion that of mine. I really put all my eggs in one basket there. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. Forget having a job for now. I had a bit of savings um, and I really worked on my portfolio. So that is how I got in. So I actually joined a, a, a company that was building a team. Uh, and shortly after that, I uh, became a somewhat of a manager or an assistant manager to Melanie. And I ended up um, really helping her build this team um, and also helping her with different strategies and how to uh, really make us stand out from the crowd. And so for several years, we were really the primary, um, one of the primary businesses doing this and more and more brides were starting to uh, stray away from going to salons to get their hair and makeup done and our focus was to do hair and makeup uh, the bride was getting one personal artist to do both the hair and makeup and that's how we structured the whole business um, and then yeah and so I was in charge of recruiting and then I officially became a bookings manager um, and then I had my first son uh, in 2013. And so um, I took over Mink. Um, there were talks of it happening was late 2013 in October, I guess. 
and the official takeover was in uh, uh, January of 2014. And that same month, I started teaching at John Casablancas. They had contacted me a few months before asking if I'd be interested. And I'm like, sure, why not? I just had a baby four months ago uh, or five months ago. I had him in May. So whatever that is. <laughs> I was like, okay, sure. I will take over a business and I have no business experience and I will start teaching with this baby. So thankfully I have the most amazing husband that helped me along the way. Cause if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be able to do it. So that's how that happened. Um, and I would build my team through all my connections in film and through school. So as I was teaching, I was keeping an eye on who I thought would be a great fit. I could see how they interacted with their peers, how they interacted with uh, their model, which was also one of their peers, how they interacted with me. Did they come to school looking professional, um, which is a big one. Um, your appearance as a professional matters. Um, if you're coming in with sweatpants to school, you know, you never know who's going to be there. You never know, right? Who's who's watching, right? And these little things I, I pay attention to. And so I would just come right out to them and like, oh, you should you should apply. Um, I'm currently hiring and, and you know, I really love your work. You, you know, blah, blah, blah. Oh, well, I've never done bridal. I'm like, you know what? That's okay. I didn't do bridal either until I just threw myself into it. <laughs> That's kind of how it is, right? So I started yep. building a team that way. Well, that was quite the story. <laughs> I've said it a lot of times uh, that's for sure I've got it down but it's yeah it, that's how I, I was a team member first and then that's how I learned how to build a team yeah wow yeah definitely quite the story I went into um school as well wanting to get into film mm. and then ended up in bridal as well <laughs> yeah when did you go to John Casablanca's I enrolled May of 2009 and I graduated February 10th, uh, 2010, right during the Olympics. So my special oh. effects creation was walking around the streets during the Olympics. It was in that same two weeks. Oh, that's so fun. It was fun. Yeah. I, took the, <laughs> I, I looked at the opportunity, you know, this is the one thing I, I, I tell to um, makeup artists a lot. Look at opportunities. If you're going to be creating something really awesome, get a photographer involved. Why are you staying at school and doing the makeup and then removing it off? Do something, do a photo shoot, go in the alleys in Gastown and do something fun with this monster makeup. Uh, because you never know, those photos might end up somewhere. And they, mine sure did. I had many uh, tourists take photos and I was getting tagged because I gave my card. I had cards in my pocket. My model had pocket. And we I deliberately walked around during the Olympics, um, handing out cards and letting everybody take pictures of him. <laughs> That is really good advice yes. for anybody in school right now. That is such good advice. <laughs> yeah. And then because he's my husband or he was my boyfriend at the time, um, I just took it all off at home. So you can make arrangements later to remove it. I thought all that work I put into it, why am I just going to remove it? And so I took lots of pictures and had a photo shoot out of it. That's awesome. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. I, I, I look back at those photos and I have great memories. Oh, I bet. So um, how many are on your team now? Uh, my team is growing. There has been some shifts uh, during COVID. There's definitely been some shifts. A lot of my girls went into the film industry. So currently I have 25 uh, and I'm currently growing. Uh, I'm being very, very selective with growing my team this time around. Um, 
I, I'm doing things a little bit differently than I did before. And uh, yeah, I, I just learned a lot over the last three years. And I just had to make some decisions that were, were, were right for the business moving forward. And so, so yeah, I, uh, one of my girls, one of my longtime girls, she just has a shoulder injury. She Oh, she broke her collarbone or collarbone shoulder blade and tore her muscles oh, no. on her right. I can't even curl hair. I can't do makeup. I'm like, <sighs> oh no. Yeah. Yeah. So she needs to heal up well before she can go back. And so, so yeah, you know, it's um 25 and I have a large network outside of my um my business as well, where I reach out for, like in the film industry. If I need to. Cool. Uh, what were some of the biggest challenges you faced when you were growing? Oh, availability from stylists. Um, I was really noticing that a lot of stylists, um, and I understand why it's like this, um, but I also don't. <laughs> Um, I understand that there's a scarcity mindset in the industry where everybody's just grabbing wherever, whatever they can um, and uh, not really putting a lot of focus or energy into uh, something that will help them grow as a, as a business themselves and help them learn more about, uh, you know, the bridal industry and how it works. So I, I find that there's a lot of stylists that are working for five to seven companies doing the same thing. And I get it. There's a scarcity mindset that is attached to that. And I totally understand that. Um, however, for me, when I was looking at these opportunities going into the bridal industry, uh, and because there wasn't so many competitors that there is now, I found that um, for me, I saw Melanie Tremblay as a powerhouse. I saw her as a very smart, educated woman that I really wanted to learn from. And I wanted to be like her. And so I really put all of my focus and effort into helping this business grow. And I don't see that a lot out there. I find that to be a very rare uh, mindset uh, amongst those that are joining teams. Mm -hmm. So that is my biggest challenge is finding solid availability throughout the whole wedding season. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Uh, what other surfaces do you offer? Oh, um, lash extensions, mobily, lash lifts, brow laminations. Um, I recently added dermaplaning and hydrogelly masks to my menu. Oh. Um, and, uh, of course we do, uh, makeup and hair for all types of events and, uh, uh, basically anything that would, would require hair and makeup for we're doing that. So photography has been a huge thing over the last few years. Um, but yeah, and then lessons, lessons to, um, not only makeup artists and hairstylists, but also to, uh, brides or anyone wanting to learn makeup and hair. Okay. So what made you decide to add on more services? Well, bridal season is really uh, seasonal. And I was looking at it as, you know, why, why am I just focused on generating work and business throughout March and November, where there's all these other months that I could be doing something else. And so I had just had my second son, Leo. 
And I had already known while I was pregnant with him that I wanted to add something on and it was lashes. My bookings manager and one of my master artists, uh, Tracy Lay, she was um, also doing lashes and she was doing them for a couple of years. And so I, I basically asked her a bunch of questions, you know, how much money are you making doing this? How much was the investment? Um, and I made that decision knowing that I was going to, it was going to be harder for me to make a sustainable, profitable sustainable and more profitable business if I was just relying on doing hair and makeup for weddings. So um, yeah, I decided to add lashes. And then after several years of doing that, I added the, 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 the lash and brow laminations. I actually added lashes when I was pregnant with my first one as well. <laughs> you start thinking about other ways of making money when you're like kind of limited. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like when you become a mom, you have a baby and you become a mom, it's your time is a lot more limited, especially to like get out there and go do like a four or five hour booking. So yeah, I found adding lashes on was something that really helped me. And then having a studio in my house is something that really, really helped me because <laughs> yeah. I could have my kids upstairs and be downstairs in my studio. But I know you're all, you're fully mobile though, even with your lashes, fully right? Mobile. Yeah, I, I make exceptions. Like I live in a small apartment. We're about to start renovation. So that's going to limit things a little bit for me, but uh, we need to. Um, but I live in an apartment in Coquitlam and, uh, you know, the timing was never right to buy a house. Um, the dream has always been to have some sort of a studio space where I can do what you just mentioned there, just have your kids upstairs and you're downstairs working. So I do have half of my clients come to me and they're just longtime clients. They understand that I have a little bit of limited space here. I also have a very senior dog um, and um, he's, he's just about 18. He'll be 18 in two weeks. And we're just really excited to celebrate that, but um, it's very limited, but primarily I'm mobile. I'm on the go majority of the time. And so so I, when I was looking into lashes, I did a lot of research to see if there was anybody else doing that because I'm always thinking, how can I stand out? How can I do things differently? Uh, there was a lot of lash techs out there that had salons and doing all these other things. So I'm like, what else can I do? I'm already mobile. So I looked in, what is it going to cost me to make a mobile kit up? And I'm already really good at making a makeup kit up. So what, how could this be any different? So that's, that's kind of how that happened. So just, I started out mobile to begin with. Okay. What are the, some of the top three tips that you would give a new makeup artist? Oh, I would say talent isn't everything. Professionalism is equally as important, if not more important than the talent. Talent will always come. Speed will always come. Um, when you're new, don't focus so much on your, your amazing Instagram brow. <laughs> Uh, I tell students this at John Casablancas as well, uh, when, when I have seen that they've spent a lot of time just on the brows and like, you know, you really want to focus on creating a really natural looking makeup and engaging with your client and educating your client as, at the same time. I did a survey, which you filled out a little while ago, a couple of years ago when I was, when I was um, working with a business coach. On, I guess the question was, um, why, 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 uh, what makes me stand out or something to you? I can't remember exactly what the question is, but why? Yeah, no, I remember that. Yeah. 
<laughs> something like that. And um, quite a few of my clients said that I taught them several things every time I would work with them. And that really stood out for them. And so I love to teach. And so giving your clients a piece of um, education is probably my second. Um, um, Yes, they're hiring us to do the service. But if you can leave them with something that they can do themselves, they're going to just love that. And they're going to always hire you. They're going to always recommend you to others. And, uh, you know, I remember in the 90s, my cousin was a makeup artist and uh, she used to do this as well. And she did this with my mom a lot. And my mom would just be blown away and loved it. So I think having that educational piece incorporated in to your application is really important. Um, it'll keep you uh, memorable. And then uh, third um, is don't stop doing uh, creatives. Uh, keep doing that. Uh, it's hard sometimes. I find it a very big challenge for myself to get that done uh, because I am so busy working. Um, I am finding it really challenging to get that um, time in. And if you can't coordinate with a photographer or models or everybody together and it becomes too much, uh, pick up a really good camera or our phones have really great cram cameras now. Like I'm just blown away by my new camera on my phone. I got a new phone and hire a model, give her some free services. If you can't really budget it, uh, do whatever you want and photograph it and do some stories and do that. That's really important. And I do see some artists that do that, but once you start getting really busy, sometimes you forget to do that. Yeah. It's easy to forget those things when you get really busy. Yeah. yeah. But that is important to still get creative. Yeah. Keep <laughs> it going. Right. It, it's hard. We sometimes lose um, the creativeness in our industry. I know that for sure. Cause doing bridal, you're not always doing creative makeup. It's actually pretty rare. Uh, and I need to, like, I need to, I love to wear pink lipstick. And so when I get a bride, it's like, oh, I want to wear red lips and cat eye and I want to have a whole glam look. I'm like, oh, okay, nice. Oh, I haven't done that in a while. So <laughs> it's like refreshing <laughs> to do something a little bit different than the same thing all the time. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, what about top three tips when getting ready to scale? Oh, gee. Um, have a business plan, really <laughs> business yep. plan, maybe goal setting, I guess, together, you can do that. At least get things written down of what you really want in the end, what you want to make monthly. Um, once you know what you want to make monthly, you can start doing the math. And uh, well, that's another tip. Love math. <laughs> I never thought I was going to love math, but I love it now when it comes to, you know, making money. But, um, uh, oh shoot, where was I just going with that? Um, uh, yeah. So having a business plan, making sure you've got your goals. So let's make that too. Uh, and, uh, really putting in the time to do, um, proper interviews. Um, during COVID I was forced to do zoom interviews. Uh, but when it comes to, um, interviewing new stylists, it's really important to have them come in and really have them there present, uh, seeing how they're looking. Do they show up on time? All these little things uh, will help you build a solid team. Um, trust me, I've had many interviewees come in with sweatpants on. And really? to me, that, yeah, I've even had that on a Zoom call. 
during COVID. So to me, that translates as I don't really care about my appearance uh, when it comes to doing a job. Um, and in this industry as a makeup artist and working in bridal, you have to have um, you know, that professional appearance, just like someone would be going to the office wearing a suit, you know, you wouldn't be going in your pajamas. So it's, it's happened numerous times so much that I've had to really be very clear in interviews that there's certain expectation, like you're going to do someone's wedding, there's going to be a camera photographer around, you want to make sure. So these are the things that uh, I, I do. I do in-person interviews. Um, it really also helps um, set your expectations um, versus on a, on a computer screen. Cause it's harder to do that. I find. Yeah. Yeah. I know we've gone a lot digital over the past few years, which has its ups and downs. It has its pros Definitely. and cons, but yeah, no, those are some, those are some really good tips for interviews. Yeah, yeah, that's, you know, and that's because when I went to school, I remember learning about uh, interviewing for I had some really great teachers that I still talk to we're really close some of us. And one of them was uh, really telling us, you know, if you go apply for a job at Mac, Mac is going to be looking at your outfit first and how you've done your makeup before they look at your portfolio. So they're going to look, are you are you going to fit in this environment? Yeah. So, when you're going to apply for a position in a makeup uh, agency or bridal agency, you should look like you are attending a wedding, but you're kind of sitting in the back. You know, you don't want to be too glamorous or anything like that. You want to look like you're a bridal artist. You're coming to apply for a bridal makeup. If you're going to apply for a special effects position, it's a little bit different, but you still want to look professional. Yeah, I, I think just at least looking polished. I mean, as a makeup artist myself, I don't do my own makeup. Like I paid a lot of money to learn how to do other people's makeup, not my own. <laughs> so I keep mine simple just because that's me and that's what makes me feel better. So for me to put on like a ton of makeup, but what I've always told people and what I've been taught is to dress the part, like show up, like you're ready to start. Yes, exactly. You know, so if you're going to go like apply at a makeup counter, for example, you know, looking around and seeing, okay, well, how do they dress? How do they look? And then that's how you need to present yourself. So yeah, if you're, if you're wanting to apply for bridal, you know, at least show up professional looking, show up polished, like your makeup needs to be somewhat done. Your hair needs to look decent. Like you have to look like you're ready to go out and actually work on a bride. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I can't believe we've had people show up in sweatpants though. That's a little crazy. <sighs> I've talked to business owners that are not in bridal or in makeup industry at all. And it's not just this industry, you know, it's just, it's that, um, and, and what I always say too, just because it's on trend doesn't mean it's professional. Yeah. <laughs> so if ripped up jeans and an off shoulder sweatshirt is trending, it doesn't mean you should show up to an interview like that. And trust me, yeah. that's how I've had people show up. So, yeah, you know what? I remember on the complete opposite side. So at my dad's company, um, we have a equipment rental company. We had one guy show up for an interview in a suit. Oh, in a suit to a rental shop, like for a, like a tool checker position. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On the complete opposite side of the spectrum there, this guy showed up in a full suit, like ready to like start like an office job. 
yeah. fancy office job. I'm like, oh, okay. But you know, those people kind of stand out at the same time. Yeah. And you know what? We hired the guy. So <laughs> yeah. well, you know what? It's I think being overdressed is better than being underdressed. It's like when absolutely you a wedding, you know, you see that one guy that's in shorts and like a polo shirt. <laughs> He's really close with the bridal party. I'm like, did you know he's at a wedding? I've seen that multiple times, but you know, like there's, there's a sweet spot, I think with your, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Simple. Make sure it's clean. Don't wear runners. That's like a no, no, don't wear runners or flip-flops, you know, just, you know, imagine you're going to a networking event. What would you wear? Right. Yeah. Meeting a new, uh, a new business professional. Like I do that all the time. I actually, that's what I'm doing after. That's why I'm already done up today. So I'm doing that right after, but, (laughs) but yeah, just, you know, do your research. So if you could go back and do it all over again, what would you do differently? Um, I could do it all over. You know what? I, I probably would have, I, I don't have any regrets and everything happens for a reason. That's my, my mindset. Uh, however, if I was to change things, um, I would probably do a lot less of comparing myself to others. And mm. that, that can be very difficult, especially in the day and age that we live in. Um, I also, um, would like to have a better business plan. <laughs> I have one now yeah. and I've been incorporated now, which is great. I wish I did that sooner. That would be another one. So I guess I got a couple things that I would do differently. Make sure I, I knew exactly. I have no business training. I literally won it the whole time. And uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe hiring a coach that's specific to your field. Yeah. Specific to your field. Yeah. Yeah. That's- those are good ones. Um yeah, I didn't, I didn't have a business plan when I first started either, but I did incorporate right away. <laughs> yeah. I but I, I, I went into it like a part-time thing. So I never actually had the intention to take my business full-time mm-hmm. and that kind of just happened on its own a couple of years ago. That's, um, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> before COVID, right? Or during COVID? Uh, it was during COVID. So it was 2021. Mm. 2021 I just decided you know what I'm done I can't do both of these and at the end of the day this was my passion so I'm like you know what I'm going all in and it was the best decision ever yeah that's how I felt about going to school <laughs> so <laughs> like I'm just so glad I went to school I'm just so glad I just did it because uh, I was going from job to job pretty every two years I was just super bored so I knew something mm. had to change yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> do you have uh, systems in place to manage your inquiries, bookings and your team? And how important do, do you feel that is? Yeah, I do, but I'm still looking for the right one. Okay. Uh, I find the, the a lot of the ones out there aren't quite there. They're like 90% there, maybe not even 90. I mean, I'm being a little generous. Um, but you know, there, there's things that are changing, but right now I do have one. Um, and it, so far it's working fine but it it could be better. Is it the same one you've been running for a while now? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Another big reason why I haven't really changed anything else is because I haven't found anything that's actually better than that. Yeah. uh, Where it's worth me doing that switch over. Yeah. 
whereas, uh, you know, I, I've gone into like Dub Savo and stuff like that. And I thought, you know, it's just not quite there. And there's too much I have to do um, to make it more efficient, I guess. I, I don't know. I just, I haven't really had the time, but I do have some, some new um, office assistants that are helping me right now with different things that I've been putting on the back burner for a while, um, which is going to help a lot, but yeah. And then of course my, um, my hiring process is one of the most important things I think is that in-person interview and then going through the expectations and yeah, all that stuff. Okay. Do you have any like controversial views about our industry or any triggers? Um, I'm not sure. I might be, I already brought it up with, um, you know, to have, I think a lot of us businesses now, first and foremost, I think we're all, we're all in the same boat and, you know, we, we all need to help each other and support each other. Uh, and I, I do find that there are some really heated topics, um, especially in terms of pricing. Uh, I think that we as a community in the art, in the industry need to kind of set a standard uh, where we are um, not undercutting each other and also not being so crazy um, priced that it makes it difficult for us all to profit from our business too. Uh, I think it's, it's really challenging. Um, yeah, I think that's a really, I think a lot of us in this industry do feel that way. I, I am not speaking for anyone but myself, really, but I just, from discussions I've had with others, I, I just feel like there's just like this need for us to be more supportive and have some sort of uh, regulatory factor, just like in the hair industry and, and lashes and stuff. Well, I don't know if lashes does too, but there's usually a set standard. Things should, you know, and then things grow with experience. And, um, you know, of course, when you've been doing this for a long time, your experience is much higher and you've been very, um, very committed to your craft, you know, but I find that, you know, some of us new ones that are coming in are having that same kind of the expectation that we're going to be making thousands of dollars off of a booking right after school is very, um, it's just a message that I, I, I've been seeing a lot more lately. Um, like for me, uh, and a lot of us that have been doing this for 10 plus years, we came from this, uh, you need to either fake it till you make it. You need to do a lot of volunteering and really make a name for yourself. And then the income will come. I was told by all my instructors, it would take two years to really start seeing the income. And I really worked hard for that. I really worked hard to get to where I am today. It took 13 years. 13 is my lucky number too. It took 13 years for me to be in this place where I feel confident charging what I'm charging uh, and that I'm not um, undercutting anybody and that I am still in line with what is expected out there by the general public of what our services are worth. Uh, and so, yeah, that's very controversial for sure. Um, but yeah. you know, it's how I feel. And I think it's um, a conversation we need to have in a positive way and not a negative way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I see the undercutting thing does drive me nuts because it like, it brings everybody else down. Yes. And it brings the value of our services down. 
you know, like we, we still went to school. We paid a lot of money for school. We paid a lot of money for our kits and to maintain them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like all this stuff costs money. Mm -hmm. So for us to be sitting here undercharging, like at that point, you're not even profitable. And I feel like a lot of artists don't even realize they're not profitable because they're not paying attention to the numbers and they're not paying attention to what their actual expenses are. Yeah. Like yeah. they forget so many of the expenses that come with running a business that they just start undercharging. Especially and then they and then they wonder, well, why I don't know why that artist charges like, I don't know, $150 for makeup. Like that's insane. You get talk like that. And that I think that's just not really the right way to approach that. Yeah, you really need you to know? break down what your costs are. Yeah. And you know, you need to figure out what your hourly rate is worth. And then you need to factor in what your um, costs to run your business. That includes being mobile when you have mileage and wear and tear on your vehicle, your insurance, mm-hmm. um, anything, right? You know, it's just, it's constant money pit being a makeup artist. And this is how my husband says it. I'm like, yeah, getting, getting a profitable bit. Profitable business as a makeup artist is probably one of the most challenging or any artist. I think really like if you're a painter, are you making jewelry? Like I have a side business where I make jewelry and wow, like what people want to pay for a beaded bracelet versus what it actually costs for me to make it. It's not worth me doing uh, at a full scale that, you know, I just, I don't know how, how jewelry businesses profit. I really don't. I, I learned so much about that industry and I'm just like, wow, you know, wow. Yeah, wow. I remember you were making some jewelry pieces. It's a hobby and it's under my umbrella, hobby, uh, yeah. my corporation, but it's just a hobby. If I make money, that's great, but it's a creative outlet for me. Yeah. Yeah, I know like a lot of artists come out of school thinking, oh, well, I can just start making this much money right away. It's like, well, no. <laughs> but they're told that a lot of the times too, and that's fine, but you really need to start putting in that effort before graduation. Yeah. Right. And yeah, that's you need to start. Yeah. You really you need to put in the effort. You can't just effort. expect to be like up here right away without doing the work. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot, lot of work that needs to be done. Huh? You know, I went, there's a lot of work to do and you know, you have to get the experience um, and really making sure that you are working on a variety of faces, a variety of skin tones, skin types, ages work with women over 50 on a regular basis I find that to be a real challenge too for a lot of artists just to really nail those looks because they just lack the practice um so when I went to a mac seminar years and years ago I remember I can't remember who it was that was teaching it at the time but they said that the the golden rule of thumb here uh you're not a professional makeup artist until you've done 100 faces and I mm. I heard that I'm like okay 100 faces as many different kinds as I can yeah (laughs) and so that's something to think about right if you can do 100 different faces then you've got a pretty good understanding of makeup and how it works with different skin tones types and ages yeah yeah cool well do you have anything else you'd want to share with our audience Oh, you know, this is probably the most rewarding career I've ever had. <laughs> um, my my tips that I'm saying here and just my my experience is just because I've gone through it all, right? It's 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 all a big learning experience and it never stops. Um 
but you know, just really, really work on your craft. Um, be professional and, uh, you know, things will just come your way. Um, it really will happen that way. Of course, patience. you know, yeah, patience, you know, don't, you, you know, don't become an expert overnight. Like you were just saying, you need to really work on your craft. Um, and, uh, yeah, it will all come. It'll all come. And you never stop learning. Never, never, never stop learning. I watch a lot of YouTube. I was just at the spa show on Monday, which is not something I've ever done before. And you don't typically put a makeup artist in a spa show, but I learned a lot about facial massage. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, considering you started doing facials, so. Well, even as a makeup artist, you know, a lot of pro makeup artists, 20 year veterans, that's what they do. And I remember learning from them when I would go to those workshops that, yeah, facial massage should be part of the moisturizer application. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just part of the skin that, Yeah, it's just one of those things that uh, keeps you standing out. Yeah. Stand out. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on and taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. Oh, this is fun. <laughs> I love talking about business and I love talking about these things. So yeah, it's just, it's, I, I was very uh, excited that you asked me. So. Well, awesome. So where can people find you and connect with you? Oh, um, well, I'm usually at John Casablancas uh, a couple times a week. I'll be there this week again, but that's one place physically you can find me. Uh, and then uh, I will be um, uh, uh, rebranding re my, not rebranding, kind of restructuring Mink Makeup and Hair. But Mink Makeup and Hair is my bridal and events company. And then Jenny V Makeup is my personal brand where um, I, that's where I do all my special effects and creative stuff. And Mink is specifically bridal and events. Uh, so yeah, and uh, we have a website, minkmakeupart.com. Uh, Make and uh, on Instagram, it's minkmakeuphair. All right, and I'll put those into the show notes so everybody can come and check you out and see what you're all about. Oh, perfect. I would love anyone to reach out to me if they have any questions or if you're looking for work. I am currently recruiting for this year and next year. There we go. Perfect. So yeah, I'll make sure I put the links in the show notes. Sure. Yes. I have a link to our application on our website. So I think it's just oh, awesome. called education. And so it's actually uh, like a, like a uh, form that you fill out. Awesome. We'll add that too. Perfect. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks so much for joining me again, Jenny. And we will chat again soon. Awesome. Thanks okay. so much. Bye, Bye. for now. <laughs>